You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's all-encompassing Marvel podcast. It's Anthony Lewis here once again with Aurora Babalu. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, we're doing pretty good today. It's, uh, it was, uh, it was weird getting to watch so much Daredevil. It felt like I watched so much Daredevil so close together. It was really strange. I was kind of, <laughs> I fell into this groove of you watch a couple episodes and then you wait a long time. But uh, yeah. no, I, and I, I think got... now you know how I felt because I stopped at episode five and you know that ending in episode five is pretty intense. Yes, I, I was. <laughs> I, uh, I did kind of feel bad because I, I, I'm look, I'm, I'm completely. Uh, I'm completely on board with the fact that I've just guilt tripped you into stop uh, into stopping <laughs> your, your watching, especially after watching the end of that episode. I was like, oh, my God, I can't imagine having to wait <laughs> yep. to find out what happens next. Uh, that was crazy. I was very, you know, and then I felt guilty. I felt guiltier because I'm like, well, I get to watch exactly what happens next. I, I experienced it <laughs> firsthand and then got uh, got the satisfaction of what occurred next. I oh, know, it's so. fine. I got to see the. The fifth episode again, and then the sixth episode, so it's fine. <laughs> ah, well, it works. It's just it's never as good as the first time around. But uh, yeah, it was um, it was a a couple of really good episodes. I mean, and the show is really starting to pick up, and I'm uh, and I'm getting the sense that uh, it is it it really is going to be like a thirteen hour movie. I think is what it's going to end up being yeah. at the end of the day. It's going to be one big, long, continuous story mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to tell over over 13 episodes without much of a break, it seems. Uh, yeah. I mean, quite possibly. It's possible that there's uh, an episode or something like that where we, we get a bit of a break from what's going on, but it doesn't seem like it. It, it feels like it's uh, Yeah, it feels every episode is not like a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. Every episode ends with the beginning of the next episode. Yes. So, Yeah. Uh, so we're going to hop right in, as we mm-hmm. do, with Season 1, Episode 5 of Marvel's Daredevil, World on Fire. Uh, so the uh, in this description, it talks about Matt searching for Vladimir, but I should mention there is a, uh, there's a whole little side note here that they completely leave out. And uh, that is this story of, of Matt and Foggy meeting this, uh, this poor old woman who lives in uh, mm-hmm. some slums. Uh, right. I shouldn't say slums. Really crappy apartments. Um, yeah, slums is probably too harsh a word, but um, she is seeking. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty bad complex. Yes, <laughs> she's uh she's seeking to to file some sort of suit. Like there's a, I I don't remember exactly what the case was. It's like they'd hired contractors to do work. There's this guy Armentali that Tully, wants yes. to um, make the apartments like these condos. And yes, yes, yes. He went in and destroyed 
basically destroy the apartments and they trying to get the tenants to leave. Yeah, right, right. And the tenants don't want to leave. They right. want to stay in their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the, not only does Matt give Foggy this assignment, but he's like, hey, go speak to Tully's lawyers, which happened to be the firm that they were interning for before right. they decided to break off on their own. And uh, as it happens, uh, Foggy does. He takes Karen with him, and uh, he does meet uh, a lawyer for Tully. And I, I guess it used to be maybe a colleague of theirs when they were interning, this this woman uh, attorney. And, she used uh, to date Foggy. Uh, oh, is, oh, is that what they, is that what they revealed? I th- yeah. I, th- I thought I had heard something along those lines, and it just <laughs> it slipped my mind. Um, yeah, so obviously a, a close relationship, but she is now working for the enemy, as it were. And mm-hmm. uh, she tries to, I guess, intimidate him. And it seems to be working for a minute. And then Foggy just puts his feet down. And stands up straight, and he's like, no, 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 you are trying to intimidate us because you know that we have all the leverage. And he really dresses right. her down. Yeah. And I'm like, good for you, man. It's yeah. like, way to stand up for yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you really showed her who's boss, I guess, in that particular instance. And uh, they're yeah. they're going to stick up for these tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, in the main storyline, however, Matt is still searching for Vladimir. Uh, and uh, I believe... Uh, it's it's all because he thinks that Vladimir can lead him to Fisk. Uh, Vladimir, on the other hand, at this point, uh, is convinced that Matt Murdock is working for Fisk. Mm-hmm. Uh, his brother returns to him without head. Yep. And Vladimir is crushed. Uh, in fact, he spends what I would decree uh, an abnormally unhealthy amount of time with his headless brother's body. Cleaning him, yeah. Cleaning him, covering it up, and just sitting in a room with it. It is highly disturbing. That was, yeah, that was very disturbing. He spends a lot of time with this this headless body. Um, and he finds the planted mask. And his, uh, at first he thinks it is just uh, Daredevil who has done this. But uh, then he talks to, uh, he talks to, uh, I don't know if he's like a drug dealer. He talks to some other street thug level criminal yeah, person. Uh, Turk. Turk, yes, and he um, and he is uh, telling him about uh, a conversation that he overheard uh, because Fisk goes to take his his vehicle in to get it cleaned, and while he's doing that, he's speaking with uh, the rest of the uh, I guess the criminal heads of, of Hell's Kitchen, Madame Gao, and, and a few others mm-hmm. uh, as well, trying to broker a deal, uh, which he does um, to uh, to replace the Russians as her distributor for drugs. And uh, he tells the story about, uh, you know, that uh, he had a friend who worked there and he witnessed all of this and describes Fisk. And Vladimir's assumption is not that Fisk is setting him up. It's that Matt Murdock must be working for him. Right. Uh, so there is quite the interesting triangle going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of Fisk, apparently he manages to get Vanessa to come back on another date with him. I am so confused about this. Yeah, I mean, she just shows up. Uh, this time, however, he does play it a little smoother. They're in an empty restaurant. Right. There is nobody else there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a discussion in which she more in, in which he more or less uh, kind of tells her sort of what he is. I mean, not fully, but right. he lets her know that he is not a particular... Like, he has... He only has Hell's Kitchen's uh, 
interests at heart. But in order to do the right thing, he may have to do some bad things that he does not enjoy, he says, but uh, he has to do them. And she shows, I mean, there's a sign she's clearly worried with this guy because she reveals that she had a gun on her uh, as well when she came to this, which, I don't know, we'll talk about it in a minute, but... um, (laughs) Basically, she accepts she accepts all of this, and they start a relationship. Um, uh, Matt Murdock arrives at the uh, the hideout of uh, of Vladimir, and uh, he is about to get hit, he's about to get in while Vladimir on the inside is getting all of his guys geared up for war against Fisk and and uh, Daredevil. When uh, a series of explosions happen throughout Hell's Kitchen destroying all of Vladimir's operations. Uh, Foggy is not, uh, he is not immune from this. I think they're like right across the street from one of the explosions or something. It blows out one of the, blows out the windows and he goes and tries to help some people. And Mm -hmm. he ends up in the hospital as well. And uh, things, things are not ending well for these people. And uh, Fisk kind of, uh, basically, what it's revealed as is uh, Fisk has set all of this up. Uh, when Vladimir talked to Turk, this was all, it was just planting information to get him to show all of his cards and to put mm-hmm. everything in open for Fisk to take them all out. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that is how World on Fire ended. I can only imagine how you felt leaving that as a <laughs> as a as a tail end. Oh my goodness! Well, so, but the, the ending was actually the police getting uh, Matt. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Well, so yeah, that's the, the end scene. <laughs> the, the, the end. Well, yeah, the ending. Ending is him waking. Yeah, him waking up with a Russian and a door on top of him, <laughs> and uh, he he uh, he can still hear that Vladimir is alive and well. He barely survived this explosion, and he and a colleague are trying to escape when he runs him down. And the police kind of show up at the same time, and uh, the police are clearly the bought off police. Mm-hmm. That the part of the police force that Fisk owns, because uh, there's a detective earlier in the episode, I believe, that uh, right. shoots a dude just for mentioning Fisk's name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, has his, punches his partner in the nose to make it seem like he was trying to escape, and then shoots the guy. And Matt Murdock tries to stop all of this. Um, you know, and he later confronts that detective as well, and we'll get to see more of him in the next episode. But yeah, it ends with. Uh, it ends with him on his hands and knees with the police about right. to arrest him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of World on Fire? Um, that, li- listening to you explain the whole episode, it mm-hmm. it happened. So many things happened. In this episode. There was a lot of stuff that happened. There was a yes. lot. Um, but I, I can I start by saying that I like the title? Yeah. I, it's a episode? good. It's, yeah. Because uh, we finally got to see how Matt, Matt sees. And oh, he said, yes, yes, that's right. He said, a world on fire, which is... <laughs> yes. Well, I, I mean, you know, and it plays in, obviously, to the end as well with right. all the explosions being triggered. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of... He says, like, uh, through all of his senses and stuff, he can see, um, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't have vision as we have vision, but, you know, this is he says it looks like a world on fire. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I, I think um, uh, she... Uh, she says something along the lines of, um, you know what I mean? It's like if everything I saw was on fire too. Uh, <laughs> I be, I, I'd, yeah. yeah, I'd be angry. Claire, yeah, that was Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and and we should probably not overlook the fact that they kissed as well. Yeah, 
yeah, they did. But that then, seemed really quick. Yeah. But that was kind of it because after that it kind of went downhill. <laughs> oh yes, very quickly. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, they might there there might still be something there, but uh, it is being tested rather quickly. Uh, I mean, you know, because she's also like I I don't. You know that that thing that you said about how you you do this because you like it. She's like, I I don't know if I can be with a person mm-hmm. if that's true. Yeah. Um, and but he's I like, think it'd be but... weird if they if they had like a romantic storyline in yeah. the show because I well for what I know of Daredevil, I know Daredevil is not the best boyfriend. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he always has problems with uh, relationships and with women, mm-hmm. so it will be weird if there was an actual romance in the show. So that kind of makes sense that they kind of left it there. It feels kind of awkward between them, which I think is probably how it's going to keep being played. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you want to talk about weird relationships. Let us talk about Wilson Fisk and, uh, and Vanessa. Can I just say this? Uh, Anyone that's listening, if you ever have to go on a date and you feel you have to bring a gun. Yes. Don't go to that. This is, this was my point. I'm like, uh, look, if you're like, I'm going to go out on a date with this guy again, but just to be sure, I'm going to bring a gun with me just in case. No, no. You know, if, if like, if you came to me and were saying that or any of my daughter, anybody I knew that was like, no. I'm going to go out on a date with this guy, but I think I need to bring a gun. Don't go on the date. No. Like, oh my God, that's what, what bigger a sign do you need painted for you? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, it's like... The only look. explanation is, for me, the only explanation is that she likes that. That she likes... The danger, yeah. It's dangerous. So that can be the only way I can explain this. Well, I mean, <laughs> think, I mean, think about it. The, you know, her job, she was sitting there talking about how she loved the rabbit in the snowstorm painting, which is about as bland as bland can be. Maybe, you know, secretly deep down inside, it's like, that's not what I want. What I want is, right. is excitement and, and danger. And this guy mm-hmm. is intriguing and dangerous. And, you know, yeah. I don't know what to expect next. You know, maybe she was a little worried, but <laughs> she really likes it. I think, I don't know. It's, yeah. But it is a weird, it's kind of a weird relationship for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so in uh in the last episode we got to see um in the last couple of episodes we got to see how brutal uh fisk is physically but now we're this this episode is giving you an insight to like you know his mind like how sharp the mind is like he can yeah. he can be brutal with his fist but he can also be brutal from a from a mental capacity mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. uh, he set all of this up to take out all of Vladimir's operations. And now the operations are just Vladimir. There is nobody else. It's yeah. uh, he has taken out everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any other thoughts on this episode? Anything stand out to you? Uh, uh, good or bad? Anything? I also liked how foggy was a hero in this episode because he was a, he was a hero by defending Miss um, Cardenas. Was her name? I think so. I think. Um, but he also, you know, he, he also stepped up and he went to her apartment and he tried to fix everything that was wrong in her apartment too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after the explosion, he helped, helped her and then t- told, uh, Karen that he was going to go outside to see if anybody else needed help. Yeah. So he was a very heroic in this episode. Too. Ended up getting a, a really nasty flesh wound as well. Yeah. And yeah. Spent some time in the hospital and mm-hmm. yeah, it was, um, uh, it, it was definitely a crazy scene for sure. And yeah, I like it too. I like that he's, uh, 
they're giving him a little bit to do, and he's not yeah. the, you know, uh, he's not the only heroic part of this. Right. Uh, this he doesn't have superpowers, but he could be, he can be a hero too. That's right. His so. his his superpower is is incredibly uh, incredible kindness. I guess I don't know. It's, <laughs> I guess. A, su- a super a super nice guy. <laughs> if that's a if that's a power, right? Um, I don't know if super nice guy is a good superhero name, but. Uh, uh. Yeah, I don't know. There have been there have been worse. I think there have been worse names for comic book characters. If uh, we have an Ant Man, we can have Super Nice Guy. That's right. If there's a, I mean, DC has a Captain Boomerang for goodness sake. So uh, if you have a dude whose power is throwing cool boomerangs, then you know what I mean. Like Super Nice Guy isn't the worst thing I've heard. No, no. Uh, what would um, you I also like that uh, that scene when um, the guy is singing in the car? I don't remember that. And the scene. camera, it, the, 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 this, uh, I don't know if uh, he's from Gao, um, and he's blind. Oh yeah, yeah, the blind, the blind guy. Yeah, yeah. He's inside the car singing, and the Russians go outside, mm-hmm. and the camera is inside the car, but it, it, it's only going around, and it goes yep. back, and it's uh, Daredevil is there, and then it goes back again, and <laughs> yep. he's kicking their ass. <laughs> is that the same? No, that guy, that poor guy, was shot. That guy was shot. Yeah. Um, apparently, she, Madame Gao, has nothing but blind people working for her deliveries because the person who ran in at the end and detonated the explosion in uh, right. in Vladimir's base was also a Madame Gao person, and he was also yeah. blind. But I think she makes them blind, right? Because the last guy had yes, that's burn, right. burns in his eyes. So. Yes, it's very very ironic that uh, <laughs> it is in this area with a blind superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you What would you grade World on Fire? Four point five. Oh, four and a half. Um, yeah, I think I'm right about there. I think it's a good four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there. I mean, of course, I you'd always like a, a solid beginning, middle, and an end. But it was a really captivating cliffhanger for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, uh, I was really anxious, and again, I'm so sorry for making you wait so long to watch. <laughs> it's okay. That <laughs> means that watching episode six was even better because yeah. the anticipation. Sure, that's a good way to make me. That's a, yes, <laughs> way to try to make me feel slightly better. Uh, <laughs> season one, uh, we're going to talk now. Season one, episode six of Daredevil called "Condemned." Uh, mm-hmm. Fisk. Sends uh, so basically he is uh, sending all of the corrupt officers under his control to uh, to get rid of Vladimir and uh, and Daredevil. Uh, they cuff him. In fact, even mm-hmm. this does not stop him in the least no. bit. Uh, he evades them easily, uh, takes them all out, and just puts Vladimir into like a fireman's carry and uh, and carries him as fast as he can. Uh, and he finds uh, an abandoned building somewhere. Uh, and I believe that is when he calls uh, Claire to get mm-hmm. his help because he's uh, Vladimir has been shot mm-hmm. and uh, he needs her help uh, to treat him. And uh, she is worried about all of this stuff that's going on right now. Um, and uh, things are about to get worse for him when it comes to uh, uh, how things are being framed, I guess is the best way to put mm-hmm. it, that's how the news is being framed. Uh, and uh, things are about to get worse for Vladimir, too, because she tells him that he's going to have to cauterize the wound uh, because getting the bullet out is going to be really difficult in an abandoned building full of nearly nothing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Matt is aware of everything that is within the vicinity, and unfortunately for Vladimir, one of the things that is near him is uh, 
some some sort of uh, some sort of construction kit or something along those lines that has some flares in it, mm-hmm. and she instructs Matt to use the flare to cauterize the wound of Vladimir, and uh, just no way in in a billion years would I let anybody ever do anything like this to me. I think <laughs> well, I'm he gonna... was passed out, so oh, he had no choice. Yes, eventually he did pass out from the sheer amount of pain of having a. Mm-hmm. Uh, from having what is essentially a giant torch pressed against your side. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. That's, that was actually really difficult for me to watch for some reason. <laughs> I, I think it's more than the decapitation. May, I mean, the decapitation was rough, but maybe, maybe it's just because flares are so uh, it, like they're like, they're really expressive because you see the sparks and the fire like everywhere. Mm-hmm. It just looks so out of control and like that's going to get jabbed into your side. For me, I don't know, for some, something about that for me, it was like really hard to watch that. Um, and I guess worse things have happened, but maybe it's well, just like. The actor, uh, the actor that's playing Vladimir is also, he also did a very good job to, you know, convey the pain. Oh, yes. I <laughs> he was feeling so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Vladimir is obviously not trusting of Daredevil here, but basically eventually kind of begrudgingly sort of comes around to the idea that maybe he's not working for Fisk. Uh, maybe they've got kind of a similar enemy here. Um, I don't know how far that, that trust goes, but he lets them know that Fisk is trying to take over the criminal underworld of New York mm-hmm. and uh, lets him know that uh, there is somebody who might be able to help gather information at least about uh fisk's uh comings and goings and that would be his accountant leland uh owlsley and he said that he's mm-hmm. not just an accountant for fisk he's basically the accountant for like all of the criminal underworld essentially he's uh you know vladimir's uh accountant and madame gauss and, and all of this stuff he's he's got a lot of ties in everywhere and that might be a way to get some evidence against Fisk since he wants to put Fisk in prison and on trial, which Vladimir is laughing in his face about all of this. Mm-hmm. Fisk controls the police. He controls the judges. Like there's no way there's only one way it's going to end and it's going to have to end us, uh, you know, with you killing him. I think, I don't right. know if he actually says that, but you know that, no, but he implied it. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way it's going to happen. He says, mm-hmm. uh, eventually okay. he, it feels like he's got Vladimir calmed down. Vladimir is not calmed down. Um, they start, uh, they start, are, actually, it's not, it's not that it's, I think it's during the, the cauterization when another, uh, lowly police officer happens to hear Vladimir screaming yeah. uh, coming from the building and he goes to investigate and, uh, Matt catches him and is trying to find out whether or not he works for Fisk or not. But it turns out, no, he's, he's only, he's only a few weeks on the job, I guess, a police officer is brand yeah. new in the force. And uh, he's trying to tell him that, you know, if he calls off the, the backup, everything will be fine. He'll let him go. And the police officer is doing his job as a police officer yeah. to call it in. Instead, he's screaming that they need backup. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for that police officer. He was just trying to do the right thing. <laughs> yes, I know. It, because everything is being painted as, you know, Daredevil, the, the mass yeah. vigilante, uh, all these explosions, and he escapes with. Uh, you know, a known criminal, it's starting to look like it maybe is Daredevil who is responsible for all of this destruction mm-hmm. and chaos. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, they they tie up this poor police officer, and uh, Vladimir is uh, decided that even though maybe he's trusted uh, Matt Murdock a little bit, the line of trust has run out, and he starts fighting with him. Uh, Matt tackles him, and unfortunately for this uh, this couple and uh, the the floorboards, they I think they mm-hmm. through like three floors. <laughs> I don't know how they survived this. I, yeah. Vladimir didn't. Like, he, Matt had to revive him. Right. And um, the the police are coming in from all over the place. Um, I think uh, doesn't, uh, I think Fisk has uh, a couple of his crooked detectives shot, I think, as punishment for giving some information to Matt Murdock, I think. Um, I think that's I what happened. I don't know. Did it? Yeah, there's like a, some guys with sniper rifles, and they they take these, they take those two cops out, and I think they uh, on the news reports they were painting it like Matt Murdock is also responsible for this as well. Right, because I know that the I can't remember his name, but one the detective that shot the guy at the police station, yeah, he got he gets shot, but I think that shot was intended to uh, Ben Eric. Uh, I don't, I. I th- yeah, here's here's what I think. I think they're trying to make you think they're going to kill Eric because it really did look like they were aiming at him. And then right. when you hit the other guy, I'm like, oh, they were just trying to. Oh, kill because him. he uh, let the phone. Yeah. Let their uh, devil get the phone. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I because I I think it was like the like just a cinematic shot to make you think they're going to take out okay. Eric. And when they didn't, you're like, oh, they were never aiming for him. They were aiming for okay, the other okay. guy. Okay. Um, and for a second. Because of the time they spent on the sniper guy, he was had this big ass gun and he was putting it together so fast. And mm-hmm. then he kills this guy. I was wondering if maybe they weren't teasing Bullseye, which is obviously a big daredevil villain, and he was uh, played by Colin Farrell in the the Batman. Yeah, movie. well, I thought that too because inside the like the duffel bag he had with the sniper rifle, there was a card, oh, like a play card. Interesting. And I was like, wait, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, and and you know, and the the shot we got was you know the scope with the crosshairs and all of that stuff, which yeah. is you know a bullseye's thing. But it could also have just have been a sniper. Yeah. Uh, but it it does feel like that was a tease, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Knowing Marvel, they do love to tease this sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while they're stuck in this room, Matt discovers that there is a sewer grate, which takes both of them essentially to open. And they don't get very far before Matt has to fight off some of Fisk's crooked cops, who he says at one point may not even be cops. He's not even sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they do eventually uh, find uh, find a way out, but Vladimir offers to stay behind with uh, the crooked cops' guns to kind of give Matt Murdock a head start, I guess, to try to fend them off and hold them back a little bit, and s- essentially sacrifices himself. Uh, I believe that's when he gives up the uh, the Owsley name. To, mm-hmm. to Matt Murdock. Right. And, uh, yeah, so Matt takes off and Vladimir is shooting all of these people and that's kind of the last thing uh, we hear mm-hmm. as, uh, as we go to Black. So that was condemned. What did, what did you think of it? It was so intense, right? Like the whole episode, I was tense. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, there was a, like, I mean, from beginning to end, but especially when they did the standoff, the hostage standoff, yeah. which wasn't even, he didn't really take him hostage. No, but uh, yeah. Um, but I, I also liked um, when Fisk talks to Matt. Mm-hmm. 
um, that whole banter between b- both of them, and you know, he's saying, "I admire what you're trying to do," but I'm oh my God. Like, kind of similar. This is why um, this is why we have Aurora on the show because she is remembering <laughs> things that I definitely watched and thought was great, and then forgot about. This is why she's here because she took notes and remembers things, and I didn't take any notes. Yeah, you're you're talking about a scene where while this is all going on, uh, Fisk talks to Matt Murdock on Vladimir's. Uh, walkie-talkie, essentially. Right. Yeah, can continue. It was a great scene. Um, and, you know, physics just telling him that they're kind of similar in what they're trying to do. It's just their methods are different. And Matt keeps saying, Yo, we're nothing alike. And a lot of cliche, you know, lines are thrown there. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a very good way of both of them talk. The first time they're going to talk, I think this, is was, this was a great way of doing it. Because they're not yeah. seeing each other. Um, so they're not in person. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was a great way of having these two characters interact. Yeah, it's it's definitely that. Um, you know, when you boil it down, it's a uh, you know one of them is the justice system, and one of them is the death penalty. They they both think they're doing. <laughs> They both think they're doing a public good, but one thinks the pub- their public good is better than the others. Matt Murdock yeah. is saying, I want what's best for this place, and that means justice. And uh, Fisk says, I want what's best for this place, and that means doing whatever I need to do in order to get there. Right. Even if it's something horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously they're two sides of the same coin, and they will meet at some point. And I have a feeling it will be really, really awesome. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know. In this episode, I felt, um, usually when you see like superhero TV shows or, or movies, you always see the hero as a, a step ahead mm-hmm. in a certain way. Or, you know, a way they have ways of defeating the bad guy. Right. But in this episode, it felt like, I, at, at the end, I was like, how is he going to defeat this guy? Because he controls everything. Yes. There's nothing he can do. <laughs> There's I nothing mean, he can do. It's going to come down to, like, I think he wants to do it his way. Matt wants to right. do it his way. And that's, you know, find find Leland Owlsley, you know, gather evidence and then take him to court. But I think what's probably going to happen at some point is that he's going to realize that none of this is going to work. Like, he's, no. the only way it's going to work is if he can get to Fisk. Mm-hmm. And and have you know and stop him, you know himself. Uh, yeah. That might be the only way. Uh, you know mm-hmm. the justice system can be great sometimes, but things are going to get through the cracks. And in a situation like this, you know Fisk hasn't created cracks. He's got Grand Cavern sized yeah cracks I mean, that he can slip through. He controls everything. He controls the police. He co- controls the media. <laughs> He controls everything. He can shape any story of whatever he wants. Um, uh, yeah, agreed. Um, so. It's uh, it's it is it's really interesting. And you made a very good point. It's uh, it's it's strange, but yeah, he feels like he is kind of trailing right now. He's not in the lead. No. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what would you what would you give condemned grade wise? I will give it a five. Wow, we you yeah, you know what? You're gonna have Glenn is gonna be pulling his hair because I know Glenn really likes this show. Uh, he really likes Daredevil, and he's like, he's like, I don't know. I think you guys might be overpraising it a bit. And then you know, I'm like, I don't know. Have you listened to our better better talk Saul podcast? Like, I I don't think we you know 
we gave that episode that that episode had definitely some fives in it for sure and mm-hmm. and not and not a not much below four i don't think ever maybe one episode or whatever where um i think i maybe gave an episode like a really strong three and a half and glenn was uh incredibly upset at me for giving it such a low <laughs> score uh for saying it was above average uh, well you gave you gave uh what was it episode three you gave it a three and a half right um yeah i believe it was episode three yeah that i gave this i gave it a three and a half i Uh, I haven't reached that point of finding an episode in this show that i can give a lower lower than four (laughs) i mean i mean look i i don't i don't blame you i i'm i i it wasn't it wasn't quite perfect for me i i'm giving this one a four and a half Okay. Uh, but it's a, I mean, I think we're relatively close. Um, you know, usually for me, when it comes to like between a four and a half and a five, it's usually stuff that I can't point to in an episode. It's, it's, okay. almo- it's almost usually like a, a feeling. Like if I'm okay. just watching it and the episode ends and I just know, oh, that's a five. Okay. Like for me, like that is, mm-hmm. um, it, it sounds so pretentious to say that. Like, oh, that was a five <laughs> episode. No, but I, I see what you're saying because for me this was a five because I personally I love shows that make me tense. That's why I love The Walking Dead so much. So every time I see an episode, it doesn't matter what, that made me tense and made me worry about the main character. For me, the episode accomplished right. its goal. I mean, so, I mean, you're saying what I'm saying essentially when I say it's a five or whatever. When I say it's a five, that just means that episode encompasses everything I want in a TV show and it gave right, it to me. Right, right. Without, with, you know, and sometimes those things are not tangible. Sometimes they're intangible things that I just, mm-hmm. I don't even know what they are. Like, it's just something about this episode makes me say four and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it's all. It's still good. Oh no no it's it was very good. It was it was it was very good. Um especially all of the stuff with Vladimir and and Matt Murdock at the end was was all really great stuff. Uh and and once again Foggy wanted to be the hero uh, cuz they had not heard from him. They don't know where he's and Foggy is sitting there patched up laying in a hospital bed and he's like I I got to get up and go look for him. And mm-hmm. she's like no no come on lay down you've been the hero you've been uh you, you've played hero enough for today yeah um you know so even foggy got a little bit of, i mean this episode didn't really focus on them nearly as much um you know it was it was really more about uh matt and and vladimir and yeah. uh you know getting through that situation which only one of them did obviously um a really crazy a really tense episode like you said i was uh yeah, I was kind of like on the edge of my seat the whole time, and yeah. we get more of this, which is good. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, not much more of this. We're only going to get a, oh boy, what is it? One, two, three, four more episodes of this podcast before it's all said and done, mm-hmm. which is a shame. But <laughs> uh, you know, there there will be more. There will be more Marvel for sure. Um, yeah, for sure, this uh, show is going to have season two for sure. Because yeah, well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, plus Daredevil's going to be in the Defenders miniseries they're making for Netflix after they do Luke Cage and Iron Fist and uh, right. Jessica Jones. So, um, you know, there's a there's a there's a there's a lot more to come. Uh, before we take off, though, I should note there was an interesting story that uh, that just came out. Apparently, uh, they're the people behind Daredevil are going to make uh, uh, make uh, options available for. 
people who are actually blind to be. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah I, I see now. Never being blind myself or knowing anybody who's blind, I did not know that this was a thing where not only do you hear the dialogue, but you also get to hear descriptions or whatever of of yeah. what is occurring where there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. And um, Netflix, since Netflix is not a television channel, they are, were not bound to these rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were like, hey, this is a show about a blind superhero. Don't you think right. blind people should get the... Um, and I, I think they are going to do this. Um, yeah. So that's that's cool news as well. That's good. Mm-hmm. Kudos kudos to Marvel and Netflix <laughs> for doing Because they don't... I mean, I think a judge said, like, by law, they don't have to do it. Um, oh, really? But Yeah, they said because it's not a television station, uh, it's not... A ter- you know, a, there's no brick-and-mortar broadcasting location for Netflix... Um, they are not bound by the same rules as television channels are. Uh, so yeah, the um, they didn't have to do it, but they are still doing it anyway. Because well, hopefully, this will start. Marvel you know, is cool. Ha- happening in other shows too on Netflix, not just Daredevil. Sure, yeah. I mean, because there's obviously plenty more to enjoy from Netflix. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would that would definitely be cool. But yeah, kudos. In the meantime, kudos to Marvel and Netflix for for yeah. doing the classy thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that's it for Aurora and I this week, but uh, we'll be back later on in the week with more Daredevil, uh, Season 1, Episode 7 called Stick, and Season 1, Episode 8 called Shadows in the Glass. Mm-hmm.